Welcome to Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance in the front of the Ranger, Todd Young on speakerphone, and uh, this podcast brought to you by Baker Bates. Um, we just recently had Zach on, in fact, very, <laughs> very soon. We are, we're, we're doing a doubleheader tonight just to try to catch up. We're, we're running behind. This is going to be our catch-up episode, but we had just had Zach on. Incredible Bates. Even even more outstanding paint jobs. If if you want, check them out. Team Rhino, uh, Baker Bates. You can find them all over Facebook. Do a Google search. Just some awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, thank you, Zach, for being a uh, big supporter of the podcast. We're also brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie products. FattyZMuskie.com, Fatty Z Muskie on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I'm pretty much going to hand the reins over to Vance because he's given a vote of no confidence on my ability to manage <laughs> social media. And uh, Todd, hit up Muddy Creek. Yo, you're Todd Young at Muddy Creek Fishing Guide website, mcfishingguides.com. Should be easy to find us. Todd Young, type in Muskie, type in something like that. You'll find our site. Uh, we're still uh, still got a couple months to fish here. We took a didn't fish much in August, Vance and I, but, uh, you know, he, he had a Canadian trip. I like to take some time off this time of year, but uh, we're looking at, I'm looking at pushing another 50 in here between September and October. Uh, we have, Vance, you remember offhand, you probably got about, I'm, I'm, I'm like booked for September. Vance has maybe five, six dates we could get you in with Vance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hoping for good fish and things are looking uh you know, reports I've been getting the last few trips we've been out, we've been getting action. I think uh, that, that's usually not a problem. It's just how much and how big they are. That's the fishing part of it. But come on up, give us a shot. Uh, October, still got lots of dates still in October, but I got lots of people looking at lots of dates. So uh, we're looking for a good fall. We'll, 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 we'll stick on some fish. Nice. Vance, you got any plugs? You hit them all. St. Croix Rods. St. Croix Rods, best on earth. Check them out. If you're in a market for a new rod, um, please please give St. Croix a uh, good shake. So um, thank you, St. Croix, for the guide staffing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, if you follow the podcast at any length, we've uh, probably in our longest span of not posting up an episode. It's, life has just gotten real crazy. And uh, we want to take this this podcast to kind of catch up, hit on some topics that may have come up on the internet, and just kind of seeing where everything is, and just just playing catch up. So, Vance, you want to play catch up first? Yeah, I'll play catch up first. Uh, last last uh, we knew, you went to Canada. Last yeah, I went to Canada. We came back for Chautauqua a couple days. Uh, like Todd said, we haven't been doing many trips in August. Uh, Todd's been off. We've all three of us have been busy. Uh, I'm out on the lake. Uh, it's much of the same. It's been a tough bite. Um, now describe tough bite. How what's the average fish in the boat on an eight hour day? Well, we're right under two fish. <laughs> Real tough bite. Uh, our our average. Uh, right now but i mean it it is it's different it's a grind uh we got to work hard for the fish 
keep casting, stay at it, stay positive, and the opportunity is going to come around. That's how it's been. You know, looking at fall is a completely different thing. I'm I'm excited uh, to get back out there and take people out and maybe even get to fish myself uh, a little bit. Um, me and Todd have been talking, bouncing some ideas off one another, even though we really know what we're going to do, but... Um, yeah, we've had some, you know, like, we've had some half days and, and, uh, and, and things here recently where we did not, uh, you know, put a fish in a boat, but we've been getting chances. I guess, you know, we say it's a tough fight, the difference between last few seasons and this year's, I mean, the chances are just, yeah, chances are cut in half, mm-hmm. you know? There's, you know, I, I had a couple of days here recently where we got three fish, but you know, we had three or four hits, yeah. or we had two fish and we had two hits, or one fish, one hit. Uh, now, you can have the the bad time is when you get the two or three opportunities and you don't put one in the boat. You know, the opportunities are there, but you know, normally we're on a lot more. It's the same story as as Vance was saying. I mean, it's just it's tougher fish are spread out, tons of weeds, lots of work, but. Uh, I think the lots most, of stuff died off this here in this algae. You know, there's a lot more. There's going to be a lot more open water. A lot of the weeds are rotting and dying, and we'll see. We'll get on. Oh, we were there. I mean, the last the last trip I did, we went out uh, with the clients. They were casting. Uh, they had six fish come up, and uh, they got one of them. You know, just the one strike that happened. They. Go. Capitalized on it. I took a fly guy out. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I took a fly fisherman out. Um, Are those always challenging? When you're not, it was. You know, so I know, like you know, I've seen fly fishermen. I've been, you know, around when people were fly fishing. I was using a spinning pole and whatnot, guiding. Um, that was a first uh, for me. And this guy casted his butt off like crazy. I mean non-stop mm-hmm. older gentleman he i put him up on the front casting platform he had that entire dance floor to work with he was just stripping all day it was crazy well, i mean how much <laughs> he, he was he was he was going how much money did you pay him <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it that that was a really that was a fun trip you know so i you know fish the same way Tucked him in a little tighter of where I thought that his best opportunity of getting a getting a hit was going to be. Uh, you know, it was crazy because you know you're used to like you know I'm used to jerk baiting and, and fishing and whatnot and uh, you know my own style and I'm just looking at this guy and I'm looking at that fly in the water. I'm like, yeah, that thing is gonna that that looks like a musky plug in there. It's different. You know, the thing hits the water, it's um, it, it's like a leaf, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a fall leaf that kind of just falls into the water. And, it's just, <laughs> and it just hits there, and the like, surface tension yeah. holds it for a half a second. And I'm just like, man, that's like, you know, I, you know they, they like that big splash. You know, that that's like a big opportunity. You know, you, you throw that out there, that plug hits the water, boom, sometimes you're hit right then and there, boom. Lure in the water, bam, fish on, right? You know? Even when the fly guys are being aggressive, it's still very elegant and delicate. It is. You know, because yeah. he's stripping in and it's one back touch, out, back again, out again, back again, touch three times, and boom, he's all the way out. 
and that thing, you know, all that work just to get it out there. And getting it out there is it getting it out there. So he gets he had he had a nice time. He he uh this fish came in. This was he had he had two fish come in. Mm-hmm. Follow this fly. And he hooked up once. Um and it was great. I mean, it was great. He 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 loved the trip. He said that's the most action he's ever seen musky fishing. Uh, so we we were real excited about that. But this fish comes in. It's it's a nice fish. It it comes out of nowhere. We're in this slop nasty crap, and this thing comes up after this fly, and just kind of like breaches out of the water. Boom! Splashes, flips upside down. So I'm like looking at this thing's like gill plate. And his dorsal's like, and his belly is, yeah, and his belly just like kind of flopping, like he's like Sea World. He's doing a tail kick like Shamu, and you know the guy's all excited. He's trying to like keep the lure in the water. I grab like the tip of the tip of the pole. I jack it down in there, but the fish kind of is like going off of a trajectory of like what you think a normal follow would be because it's going out the other side of the boat. So after it like uh, levels out and corrects itself. It goes to the other side of the boat. Now I'm thinking like, I'm like, yeah, there it is. Okay. Put it right back down in there. He's, he's going to hit, you know, but when you're fly fishing, you can't get your, you can't get that lure out there to present so quickly, you know, because it's that one back two, three touch, 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 that thing's going out. It's getting a little further away. <laughs> it's just like looking around like what, what the hell did I just, yeah, you know, go after what, where, where is that thing? And, you know, he he eventually get, gets it back out there, but at that point, it was like, he's stripping, he's bringing it back in, the thing does like his big C turn, and he's like pausing it right there, and he's trying to work it again. I mean, it was just like a, a cluster. It was, it was, it was hilarious. That trip. Now, did you come back with everything? Okay, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so, what, okay, so, so this, this also happens when he's, well, on what, what these what the one fish fall another fish followed in okay and usually when you know I'll keep my net ready and I don't care how big your boat is those musky nets get in the way they're all they're they're in the way I try I try my best to if I'm attacking some shoreline or weed line anything like that I'll keep that net on the backside of where you know where where mm-hmm. people are targeting you know try mm-hmm. to keep it out of the way. You know, I see people hook them over the motor and stuff. Sometimes those those fish hit so fast, you want to net net them so fast. That, uh, you know, I've I've done that, like kept it back in the transom. It gets you know the loops get caught on you know a seat clip, anything. You know, it'll just you know. I, I, you know a tip that I've found for keeping a net is that because of the room constraints, anytime you change baits, throw it in the net because you're never going to step on your net anyway. <laughs> so. It, it just cleans up the deck real yeah. nice. <laughs> you know, so this fish follows in, and the guy loses his footing and falls, okay? And he's in, he's off the front casting platform into this, like, little walkway in between where the seats are mm-hmm. and whatnot, and eventually back to, you know, the captain's chair and whatnot. He falls, like, right in, into that he, he took a step off the casting yeah, he took deck. A, he took a step off, and so he falls. I pick him up by, like, right underneath his armpits. Like, try to 
you know, he like falls right down. I pick him back up. I'm like, was Keep it like going. one of those trust tests? Yeah. <laughs> like, were you quick enough there yeah. to, to get him? I mean, he he hit the, he hit the deck. Boom. Thug. Boom. Okay. You know, the fish is falling. He's like got this rod at a 45. It's waving around. He's trying to like, you know, do something. Catch his balance and keep the, you know, the lure in the water at the same time. It's just a mess. I pick him up and, you know, the fish swims off and I'm just like, man, I can't believe that happened. You all right? Yeah, we're okay. You know, let's, you know, we're, we're on to something here. Let's, you know, let's, let's go again. And, uh, we're casting. And I'm going to move on to this next spot. And I have my, you know, like your routine of, you know, before you fly around. I, you know, crap flies out of my boat all the time mm-hmm. on that da- in the tiller. It just happens. Yeah, like I have to have everything strapped down in mm-hmm. that boat. I'm like, does everybody have everything? Anything that's important to you, strap it down. Because when we move, I mean, every, stuff flies out. Well, I go to strap my net down. And it is not there. I'm looking all over for my net. It's nowhere to be found. Did you it's put it in one like, of the... It's not like something you can really misplace really easily. Well, did you check all your compartments? <laughs> I checked everywhere. <laughs> I was checking... I, I was checking... Them. like reaching in his pocket. Damn. My <laughs> yeah. wallet. My net, wallet, keys, net. Maybe I put it on my um, seat. Yeah. Did it fall between the I, fish finders? <laughs> I was looking everywhere like I was going to find it. <laughs> I was I was waiting to like open up like a, a, a you know like a compartment in my flooring that and I was but gonna oh, find there it. it is. Yeah, I forgot I stuffed it in there. Yeah, there, oh, there it is. Yeah, we're we're it's stepping on my keys. I'm I, I, dumb. I, I'm dumb. Dumbfounded. I'm I like put it in that Plano box. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where is this net? I cannot believe I lost this thing. I'm thinking all this stuff and and but it comes out you know nice. I'm like, we lost a net. I was like, it's fine. You know, we'll use the boga. And Those you know, are I know that I know people hate that stuff, but they are convenient and uh, <laughs> and especially when you're only dealing with but like you one, one hook, you know, one hook. So you're even more confident at that point. You're just like, yeah, this will be a quick job. Uh, you know, clip that thing on there, get that one one hook out. It'll be a piece of cake. Now yeah. let me ask you this: There's a lot of boga haters out there. If you didn't know. have a net. But you had a boga and you hated bogas. Would you use it at that point if you needed it? Well, you, that's a question for them. I mean, but I'm just I'm saying like. I mean, if you, I you, if I yeah I would I, I would use the boga over just gilling the damn thing uh, at the at the side of it. But with the you know the the plugs are using, especially if we if we're jerk bait and you got those raptors, the three hooks there. I don't care what people, you know, be a man stick it down there. You know, the you, thing you is, catch, is, you catch a pile of thirty inches and. You're, you know, you're, you're, bound, to, you're at, bound to get hooked up, and you know I I, I want to continue the trip. You got you know business to run. If I get hooked up early in the day, it's going to be a pretty miserable day out there. So I would use it. it it's it's a it. crazy situation you have, in that the tool that you would be more prone to use, you still have, but the tool that's more widely popularly accepted. Yeah is now gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I still got my first string quarterback. Number two just fell off. Oh, it's, it's, it, like, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to, uh, you know, explain that too. When you're in the middle of, you just lost your net. Well, how are we going to bag these fish? Well, there's another option, you know, that I use and it works, but it's tough to like, you know, tell the clients that like, 
no net. And we're this is alternative like, medicine on, here. That you, you're you're pull, you're yanking my chain here, but it it happens. Todd, you how many times have you fished alone and let the fish shake off or use the boga and everything's fine and dandy? Yeah, I mean there was years before I was guiding, you know, that we used. You know, I think the the one season we netted like two fish the whole season. Yeah, and it's fast. You know, we netted a 51, like a 48 that my nephew caught that was just barely hooked. And, you know, other than that, I boogered the other couple hundred. Or just took them off, you know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Now that you're guiding it, I mean, it definitely is easier. It's, you know. You want to get. Sometimes they get off when I'm trying to get the bug on them or just. You know, when they're barely hooked, so yeah. Then that, and that's a that's a thing, you know, when you when when they when they hook up with those fish, you want to get them in the bag. You want it to be a yeah. you you know it. It doesn't matter if it's a thirty, a forty, a fifty. You got to bag that thing no, because they, they want to see the fish and they want a picture. That's yeah, what they want most people. Yeah, they want a picture. Absolutely. So that's our that's our job. Yep. That's what we got to do is get them a picture. Yep. So I net them all pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah, and. uh yeah, so that happens. I'm just like, we lost a net. And I can't, I can't believe it. But, I, you know, retracing my steps, it happened. Because that thing, when I'm putting it on the backside of people who are casting it and whatnot, and there's a lot of line during this this fly trip. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on. A lot of back and forth. A lot of line on the floor and whatnot. There's just a lot of space being taken up. So I'm trying to keep this thing out of the way more so. It's kind of like hanging off my gunnel open ready to go and i just think like when that guy you know one ass over 10 cups i i just bumped it when i was going to pick him up because you know and and it and it, ha- it, it happens and it probably it, went you know, very silently yeah and i was looking i was like man we're not that shallow but i have no idea where the heck this thing is and i'm not taking two hours out of a trip to go and look for some you know 200 dollars net i'll just get another one so that's what happened. <laughs> it was hilarious. I can't. Hey, here's something somebody might be able to tell us. I've heard that in some of those nets, you take that spray foam insulation and pop the handle off and fill that and fill the hoop because it's all aluminum. Yeah. It'll float. That it'll float. Now, I don't know. I haven't tried it. I'm stupid, but I never think of losing my net with my... Well, that makes me feel good. Big sides to it, but uh, <laughs> I just wonder if guys have tried it. I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't work for all of them. That bag would be heavy, but you know, if you, if the handle floated, like you said, if your handle's extended, that thing goes in, you'd have a real good chance of seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> it could at least maybe somebody's be gonna, straight up. Somebody's gonna snag it. Mm-hmm. That'll be hilarious. It's gonna but, be uh, me. I've lost that. It's gonna be me trolling. So this year, this year, I've lost a net. And a transom saver. That's right. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Like, it's back-to-back podcasts. Yeah. All is well, though, right now. Got another net ready to roll. Another transom saver. Another transom saver. You also bought a rocking chair on that. Yeah, I did. So, the essentials are back. The arsenal's ready. But, uh, yeah, that that's kind of been, uh, those are some highlights in the catching up right now. Now, Todd. Yes, sir. You haven't fished much, but you got a bunch of chickens. Got a bunch of chickens? (laughs) Yeah, I did get some chickens, yeah. My daughter's been 
we sort of live out in the country. Everybody's got animals. My daughter's been after so She's been wanting to get something. We inherited some chickens. Beautiful. Now, you're going to rotisserie them and put blades in front of them like that one YouTube video. <laughs> that did happen. Yeah, that, that musky no. hit. I just hope the raccoon doesn't come and get them. I mean, we've had chickens many times in the past. I've lived on farm at type places, and oh, it's devastating when the, something moves in. But we'll see. We got them locked in. It's been fun. I will say this. this we won't talk about the chicken farming much, but my daughter, when we went, we went and picked them up, and that next morning we went out, and there was not an egg in there. And then, as the day went on, one went in and sat there, and I mean, she, she's picking the eggs out. Like when they first pop out, they're actually still a little soft. <laughs> she's getting the eggs like instantaneous. So she sees one sitting, she sits and stares at that chicken. I love it. And the egg comes out, and that, that, but her first egg that she found, uh, you remember my daughter's like seven, and the one chicken was sitting there, and we heard it clock, and I said, hey, Kara, I think that might have been, and she picked it up, and these are some, like, exotic-type chickens, so the egg is kind of small, and it's, like, green. It's like a green shell, like a very light green, and... Uh, when she reached in and picked that egg and turned and looked at me, I took her picture. The, the look on her face, she was like, Dad, we got an egg. It was just incredible, her reaction. <laughs> she just loved it. We, we can't eat them yet. She's saving them. So, we, now, so we've had them two days. We have seven eggs, and they're all in their special containers. And I think we're going to have a... Omelette? A little egg omelette in the morning, yeah. But she's just... She's just having a blast with them, and they're fun. Uh, That's what it's all about. 50-inch club. I, yeah. I, I got a I quick chicken story. I, I didn't want to make this a chicken podcast, but <laughs> I, I did want to tie that into that blade bait yeah, I rotisserie chicken yeah. thing. I think that was the only fish that those guys caught that trip or something. Yeah, there's a hawking that big thing out. And, oh, that's hilarious. But my, my older sister, she has chickens, and she lives in like Potter County, which is like bear country. It's God's country. Mm -hmm. It's God's country too. That's what the I saying. go there every year. And uh, anyways, they they have a lot of bear around where they're at. Like I just got done saying, they have all these chickens, meat chickens, and like egg laying chickens. And the population's constantly changing. They're losing some. They're getting some. Whatever. And uh, I guess my brother in law went outside, and he was like, "Where's all the chickens?" And he looked at the little chicken coop, and he saw the rear end of a bear sticking out of it. The bear killed every chicken. I think that's what Todd was saying. It's like nasty if something moves in there. Yeah, yeah this was a black bear. Oh, <laughs> this was a, and a he, black bear did it. Yeah, that's why I never, I never thought of bears. We don't have that many around here that you think of that. But the raccoons, you know, that happened. I mean, that's it to us. I, my grandpa always had chickens, and oh, I remember him going crazy. Because, you know, you raise them, and you do all this, and they start laying. And I was out. I was actually out catching night crawlers with a flashlight. So we were going walleye fishing, you know. So I was out there catching night crawlers, and the chickens start going crazy. And I shined a flashlight over, and I saw there was a raccoon in there with this babies, a whole bunch of raccoons. So the one door, somehow they crawled in, and the one door was open, and I slammed the door shut. I ran in and said, ah, there's raccoons in the coop. And we went up there, and by the time we got there, that the whole that there was mom, all these babies, and I mean it's it's gruesome. They just you know they're 
the heads are gone, just a blood mess in there. And my grandpa, and he went down to the house. He had this long twenty-two pistol we used to use for trapping. And he opened that door, and to this day, there hasn't been a chicken in that coop for 20 years. It's riddled with bullet holes. <laughs> oh, gosh. He just opened fire and <laughs> killed all those raccoons. And we cleaned up the mess, and that was he never got him after that again. He was getting pretty old at the time, but he's like, I'm not going through this again. He's dang good. I can't keep him out of here. Yeah. Terrible. You yeah. have you have that coop with all the the bullet holes. No, it's still sitting down there. It's like falling apart. I shot a deer two years ago. Uh, resting, I leaned the gun against it to shoot the deer. Nice. It's in the backyard over by the one valley. And That's only fitting, seeing how the slaughter that took place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a long time ago. Like I said, but it. Bonnie and Clyde. It's fun. My daughter is just thrilled. I know she's going to have to see this. Uh, yeah. Hopefully awesome. nothing happens, but yeah. Yeah, we did a little bit of fishing there. I haven't been, I haven't been out much. It all starts back up Tuesday, and then I'm, I'll be on the water like every day for the next couple of months. So I always like taking a little break over the holidays. My daughter just went back to school. Da, da, da. We got out a couple of days. They're right, you know, what was it, last week? Got a couple of fish mentioned. We talked to Zach. We got a couple of fish on Baker's trolling. Had some other chances cast. And yeah. We'll get out there. We'll get them. Absolutely. Perfect. So, um, me, I've been working on the new studio. We're going to be moving the right. podcast. It's going to be, uh, it might be another couple months before we're doing it there. It might even be like a month. I, I don't know. We're up to, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm moving. Anybody wants to buy a house? I got a house for sale. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to sell this on the podcast, but you never know. <laughs> sold a boat on one. We did sell the boat on one. But, uh, so I got to come up with how Vance is going to still be in the front of the Ranger. But we'll, we'll actually have a little studio. It's going to be pretty interesting. I started sheeting the walls today, ran the electric the last couple weeks. I've been balls to the wall busy with that, trying to keep that going, running trail cameras. I haven't been fishing since that. I'm not going to bring up what happened, but early July. And uh, I'm hoping, I'm going to see how things go. But next Saturday is that little tournament on Conneaut Lake, that $5 one. You're going to do it. I might. I might. I might have to be doing some work on the house that we're building, but I'm going to try. All of a sudden, that 30-inch pike... Could be money. Could be money for you. Could be big money. I think like 150 bucks. Mm. Big fish pays out. You fou- uh, well, you just can't say you fouled him. Or is fouling... Po- is that good? Hey, it's hooked within his mouth. Wink, wink. Yeah. It was in his back. <laughs> That fish could have had one hook in its mouth and one hook in its tail. It was only... Yeah, what was it? You were being... Inch. Yeah, I don't believe it was 30. Okay. Believe what you want. <laughs> <laughs> it was two months ago. I know that it, it was not no two-footer. <laughs> but, uh... So, I'm looking to do that. I'm gonna... I got some options for maybe a boat partner I'm, I'm looking for. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see because I'd love to go out and cast that lake. It, it's it's weird because like summer for me like summer flew by. I remember it was like June, and I'm like, all right, I hate the heat, but I got to get through this to get to fall. And now it's early September, and I'm like, holy crap! If summer went this quick, is my fall gonna go this quick? And I don't, I don't want it to go that quick. I want it to slow down. If you don't fish that tournament, you're not gonna take this boat out again. I will take this boat out again. I know a hot bite in October. You do. I've taken you there, and I have not. I've shown you a fish, but you were too bummed to look at it. Yeah. Well. Now this boat will. This boat will go somewhere. You got hunting coming up. I do have hunting coming up. You got hunting coming up. Andy's, Andy's entire new property is a is a food plot. I showed Vince. <laughs> I was like, I I couldn't believe you could fit a house on there. It was all food plot. You open and, and, the door and you're on you're on lime or whatever. <laughs> I, I my my I have a little ten acre parcel that we bought you know, like two and a half years ago. And I'm going to say out of 10 acres, at least seven and a half is like field. I have just a little bit of tree, tree line and a little, little group, but nothing, nothing major. I got a nice little secluded area in the back. And right now, after the rains we got two weeks ago, it is solid green. Yeah. It's coming up and it's, then I also have another strip that kind of is my yard, but I didn't tell my wife that (laughs) I tilled that up the one day when I was there working and then I seeded it. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that was the crazy thing. It was—it's it, the size of a football field. Not really. You could have the university go over there and practice. Not on really. It. But now my whole field is dirt because it was always—it was a little bit rough, just from thirty years of the previous owner brush hogging it the same way. Mm. And it's—it's it's, there's kind of—it's kind of wet in some spots, but I've since dried that out. So this past week, I had a, a local farmer come in and chisel plow and disc it. He turned the whole ground into powder. And I'm having everyone give me opinions on, oh, you should plant this seed for your yard and this seed for your thing. And I'm like, it all looks and like you're doing you... turnips. <laughs> I got turnips. Tur- oh gosh. My yard is going to be turnips. <laughs> well, kind of, but no. <laughs> you know, there's there's Clover. they're yeah. saying, you know, plant this in really good grass seed, but save money and just do like a pasture blend out here. And I'm like. I've never like been one of these guys that like goop just goes gaga over a yard. To me, if it's green and I mow it, it's a yard. I'm not. Uh, but I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? Scott's lawn seed. Maybe, like what Todd just said, real quietly, the back 300 feet should be a mix of grass seed and clover. Clover, yeah. And uh, keep that mode, and you know that'll complement my clover, oats, brassicas, chicory. Oh. Turn up blend that I have all in the back, where my big humongous <laughs> tower. I think I, I asked you. You were real proud. I was like, "What's that?" Andy turned at me with a smirk. He was like, "That's five thousand dollars right there with a food plot or something." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" It might not have been five thousand, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's something that. I you're, could, you're you're a proud guy about that. I stuff. am proud that you're the you're the guy out there watering in his house. Like you see that right there. That's a green lawn. He turned. <laughs> hey, he's like, you like that? That's that's man's work right there. 
The, I, I was very <laughs> fortunate that the ground where we bought, there's like zero rocks, and it's very sandy, silky dirt that I can just fly with my rototiller. I have a, I have a little rototiller for the back of my tractor, and it grows things so nice. It holds the moisture good, and it just comes in so beautiful. And I'm still... You know, we have a little dumb garden out where I live now. It's just pretty much zucchinis that Vance only eats. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still amazed that I can plant a seed and it'll grow. You know, I, you yeah. have that amazement. Like when I was younger, when we plant a garden and stuff would come up. It's still like I'm doing it on a small scale. Then I look at the... It gives me a whole new appreciation for farmers and the amount of work that goes into the ground. Yeah. just to put something out and how fragile it can be. Now, granted, if I lost everything, it's okay. I'll just plant it again next weekend. The, the people put their livelihoods in the ground, and it can literally yeah. be gone with one giant rain or a huge drought or something like that. Yeah, I think with all the heat and the drought, that happened for peach uh, peaches in New York. It was a big thing about that. Companies were going crazy because the, the crop was just... Yeah, grapes up in Erie and stuff yeah. like that. You know, it, it. That's true. I mean, those guys take a big chance. I used to do. I have a one-acre field in my back that I would do half-acre. I would just switch it back and forth. It's just a half-acre sweet corn. But anybody's ever done anything like that, I used to go out there and pick sweet corn every morning for like a month, and I would take it and sell it at these farm marks. And then you, I mean, you can make something. Yeah, there, there's there's money to be made. I mean, the people pay four or five dollars for a dozen ears of sweet corn, and every seed puts one out. And you get, I mean, I would fill the whole back of my truck with sweet corn every morning. That's just on like half to three quarters of an acre. Mm -hmm. But you know, I did have one year we planted. We got you know, I put some money into it. I had some. I don't have the equipment to do it. I had a farmer do it for me, and uh, huge rain, a big washout rain, and I mean, it wiped out about half my field. And we were talking about raccoons earlier. You know, I had them move in before where you get a big group of them move in when it's, uh, when it's ready. I mean, they were wreaking havoc on it. Uh, yeah, they, were, they, were, they were destroying it. I was picking it. I could hear them when I was going through there in the morning. They were running away, you know. And I'm, Did you get a big, long twenty two pistol? Yeah. No, I had a box trap, and I did get rid of a lot of them. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's... It, it, uh, you know, it's neat when you don't have food, but that stuff's not free. You know, mm -hmm. buying all the seeds and the fertilizers, and when you get your crop tested, what you need to do, and the gas and for the equipment to do it, and yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been tinkering with that. I got some food plots going out at my dad's where I probably hunt most. I I, I guess I I like having the idea that I can look out my window into a food plot at my new house. <laughs> And just hopefully see some deer there. Yeah, the, the people that live a mile away can see that from there's, out of their window. There's a lot of people could look Giant. at it. But it's still, it, it's something fun. It's right there. And uh, so that's pretty much what I've been doing is trail cameras. I stopped paint. I don't have really any more baits to paint. I made that Facebook post um because i just been putting all my time into making the studio which vance is going to lend me a hand tomorrow getting a little bit more done i got to make it to his liking he's got to get comfortable that's right real we, studio uh, sound studio we uh um, so you're gonna just cut the front end off of that ranger just make the seat hey it'll still float I know. <laughs> yeah that's right that's what i mean you can 
Hey, that front end would sit up higher with less weight out front, so I'd, I'd be all right. The bow mount might be a little bit weird, but let's talk about let's let's go back into musky fishing here with the uh, you know the crazy heat we had. Um, what, what's been going on social media? It's yeah, the the social media is just pounding the water temps. They've been doing it for a while now, or maybe like six weeks, heavily into six weeks. Now I got a theory why that is it's probably because once you hit the magical 80 i know we've talked about this before but we're going to hit on it again every fish you catch dies right and and people are catching so many fish that all the fish are dead yeah i mean it's but it starts at 80 okay it, it started at 80. it's 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 getting it's going down it's like 78 it's like 76 i saw some 75 plus Todd, what did we start at Chautauqua in the beginning of the season? We yeah, shallows, we were getting 74, 75 opening day. Opening Shut day. it down. And Give that, them fish a break. Yeah. That's the thing. That, that, that's the thing. It's just going down and down. These water temperatures getting too high. And like I said, now I see people uh, talking and writing about, yeah, it's, it gets so close to 80 in the middle of the day. I was getting 78. That's just so close. I, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not a danger zone in my eyes. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we, we, I mean, yeah, started at 75. The, the temperatures fluctuated maybe six degrees on that lake. And it's so far, and we're a little bit over the halfway mark at, of the season our, our, our lake is a cool lake it's a lot cooler than a lot of the lakes around the area it is and, pretty uh, hip i mean we, we we just didn't you know there's uh like i said we didn't do a lot of fishing in, in august but uh you know some days when you're in that algae and it was calm you know there's a couple of days i i saw it hit 81 82 uh, that was in the middle of the day. In the morning when I'm putting a boat on, it was 76, 75, you know. Mm -hmm. I really didn't, uh, you know, we really didn't have to fish in 80-degree water temp. I heard rumors that there was, people were getting high 80s. I think they have their transducer mounted very close to their pisser on their motor. They're getting 88-degree water temp. There's <laughs> absolutely no way that was happening. Yeah. You know, uh, I know they, you know, you know, they get that down south, and it seems like they had. You don't hear about it that much in Wisconsin because obviously that's pretty far north. But they had a very hot summer up there. I don't recall them talking about it near as much as I saw on the social media as I did this year about fishing out in Wisconsin like that. You know, I don't don't recall that happening too often. I think it was a very warm year out there. <laughs> yeah. With, with much higher temps than they're used to. Mm. Uh, but I don't think we ever really hit it. You know, well, I know we didn't. We didn't really hit a danger zone. <clears throat> the days I was fishing, I did not fish a lot. We did a couple half-day trips in the morning, and I advanced did some fishing. I, it was never a real danger zone. Now, what, what's or, the danger zone to you, Todd? If you're, if you, if you're talking <clears throat> 80 degrees, is a danger zone, you know. Yeah. It's a lot different than... You know, we talked a little bit with uh, 
I don't know Indiana. I don't know where they're fishing. But Zach mentioned that in that podcast we just did with him about that thing about the high mortality. And I know down there at Cave Run, I mean, those water temps probably get to ninety down there, as far as I know. You know, I mean, that's a different bog. That's that, that's a lot different uh, fishing than these northern fisheries. Uh, we never really got into a danger zone, uh, which is nice. Allows you to keep going if you want to. Yeah. Now, what what would you tell somebody that you know? Say say they listen to this podcast and they heard that you were fishing on average temperatures of seventy eight, and and they say that's too hot. You're doing this for the wrong reasons. You're greedy. All the things that you hear people talk about. What would your response be to them? Because there's a several. There's many responses. But what what avenue would you take? I yeah. I mean, for, you know, for me, I mean, there's a couple of things. I do not book a lot this time of year, but you never know what's going to happen. This has happened on, it's hit 80. When we used to open up in mid, mid-June, it, it, it's at 80. I've seen 80 degree surface temps the first couple, of, you know, week into the season. What are we supposed to do? Wait till fall to start fishing? I mean, I got people coming in from all over the country to fish. I do the trips. We do the best we can. I fish a lot of shallow water. Uh we talked about that a little bit before, you know. I'm fishing up there in six, eight feet of water or ten, nine feet of water along the edge of the weeds, and the fish are hitting on a on a bait that's down a couple feet. Yeah, that's that's the way I fish it. I'm the, I I don't cancel trips. I make a lot of my way to not book some extra ones, but uh, I've never seen 85s and or mid 80s or anything like that. I just never see them where we're at. So what you know. If it's 78 degrees and it's your weekend off and you haven't got to fish for two weeks, good God, go fishing. That's all I can say. Long and short, you know, I got so many years to do it. Vance, would your would your response be different? No, I agree. You know, and I've been on Chautauqua there a lot, and I haven't seen anywhere into the mid 80s or anything like that. The most I saw was at the boat ramp in just this nasty algae garbage, you know, just that algae bloom. It was reading 81, and, uh, you know, it got out in the middle of the lake. It was down in the 70s again. Did you dip your toe in it to confirm it? It's a very false reading if it's calm and Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. green algae sitting on top. Yeah. You get a very false reading right there. In advance, if you go out into the lake, it, that's not the temperature that it is out in the lake. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of those areas, you know, when you're when you're fishing and you're doing, you know, back-to-back days and guiding and, and whatnot, those fish are kicking off. You're back there for the week in that spot. On those spots, I'm not seeing them up. I'm not seeing them pushed into the shore. I'm not seeing them floating You're anywhere. not seeing a flock of seagulls picking at its carcass? Nah. Seeing a lot of dead walleyes. Oh, walleye's life matter. Yeah, they do. A lot of a lot of big dead walleyes. But yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that. You know, I I agree with that. I think those fish that are shallow are acclimated. Um. And. Yeah, Todd says you know you get a weekend off to go fishing in the summer. I mean, geez. It's just it's getting nasty. You don't want people to sit there. And say, you know, like, I, I, I can, 
Take a, take some sweatshirts out if you're going to post a picture and then post it in the fall or something. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, it, it just, it's, 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 and, it's and, and like we're saying, we're not talking about these southern waters. We are not fishing a southern water. We're fishing the highest natural body of water, the beginning of the Allegheny River system. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I mean, we had cool nights. I was up at camp. Freezing. Lots of 60-degree nights, even when it was getting hot during the day. And I, I just, you know, we were not, the, the water temps were not getting in the mid, middle of the day. Certain areas, it went to some of that darker darker water. Sausage 81 to 82. Guess what? I didn't fish there. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't punch lures down deep. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when we were fishing in the shallows this summer, a few times I was out, I was in the 70s, you know, 77, 78, midday, sun beating down, you get up to 78, 79, uh, you know. No, but I'm that, calling, that's... I'm not calling anything off with a couple people that drove 400 miles to fish with me for two days. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, good God, what, what are you supposed to do, you know? I brought stop fishing for two, you know, stop, stop fishing for two months. <laughs> Why is the season opening up that time then? Have muskie season open up in... October 1st through October, the 15th and then end it. And then end it then, you know. In all water releases, you know. It, you know I, Barbless I hooks. You know. And you can't touch the fish. So, you know, there's... It's I, controversial, man. As we've talked is. about before, there's, I mean, everything you do anymore. Yeah, it's it's uh, if you get into looking at social media, mm-hmm. it's just fun to look at the people and see who are writing this stuff and what their actual experience levels are and why they feel the way they do. Uh, I feel a lot of that, you know, with 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 a lot, you know, with, with the how the sport is growing, a lot of that is just lack of experience. You know, you can have you can have a guy that just you know transitions over from some other you know species of fish. They might be the best in their trade over there, and so they're they're already coming in with fishing knowledge, and they go and start catching a bunch of fish. And a year or two into it, they're just you know they're they're drinking the Kool Aid and they're yeah. just getting on their pedestal and just shouting. And I have no one in particular, yeah. but I, I see it happen. And, and these fish, and, and these fish. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, they're, they're climatized in different climates to a certain degree. You know, you take someone who lives in northern Wisconsin or someone who takes someone who lives up in, you know, up around the Georgian Bay, and I, I've seen posts from them like, man, it's getting really, I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw 75-degree water temps. It's getting pretty warm. Be careful. These are northern fisheries. As we said, just where we're at, which is a, it's, you know, it's, it's a fairly northern, it's a cool water fishery fed by underground springs. And, you know, it's, it, that, that's what it is lots of times when the season opens for us. It doesn't really change all that much. We don't get a huge fluctuation. You know, then you get down in the south there, 75-degree water temp. Good God, they might start getting that in May. I don't know. Down in the southern reservoirs. Uh, the fish have to be a little, it's not like someone can just say, oh, it's, 75, I, I saw a post like that. It's 75, I don't fish over 75. Holy heck, we have about a two-month season at that point. I reeled in and stopped. <laughs> I mean, 70, you know, there's, there, there's you know, it, it, it's a little bit, it, it has to go a little bit with, 
uh, you know, where you're at here. Uh, the paranoia that comes with those posts is, is very, very interesting as well. Uh, when people are, you know, you, you, if you Google search water temperatures and, and muskies, stuff like this comes up. It's like entertaining. If you're, you know, just chilling for the night, you want to read up on it. Uh, the the detail of the fishing trip and and the idea behind the 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 temperatures is is wild when you when you read those details like and at one thirty seven at the high noon I reeled in my baits and stopped fishing uh, and you know sat at the dock and then you know drove back out checked the temperatures it was coming down so we took a break for two more hours and then we eventually went out and fished the evening when it went back into you know the 73 range or something like that it, it's just it's wild unless you had a giant global shift on a huge magnitude is there really going to be on average that body of water changing that much in that little time i mean yeah, so it, gets, it, it gets very you about, get very on the calm yeah. days Generally. You get a nice, nice warm reading. You know, I've been out there when I was seeing those 81s, 82s driving across the lake, and the next day there's a little chop in the water. Yeah. I'm not getting that. How so about, like... you're getting a very false reading on that very surface, and I know the, the hot water temps are... Uh, yeah. There's no way I would fish for muskies in the crazy hot water like that, but I no, put it back, like, did, no. did you did you ever have, like, a, a pool growing up or, like, a little, like, you know... We had this, we had this pool growing up. It was, uh, my dad dug it and it was like an above ground circle, you know? Okay. And then we eventually, he, he did a bigger one and whatnot, but we always had these, um, solar covers. Yep. You know, yep. those bubble things, we'd get yep. them out. I'd, we'd put like soap on them. I'd run down the driveway, get all banged up, have a lot of fun with that stuff, like at, taking it off, you know? So we'd like put it out and, you know, it was always like freezing water. And, but we put the solar cover on, I, and, you know, I, my parents bought it to, to heat up the pool, you know. Well, we would take it off, and I'd put my hand in. It'd feel, like, real nice and warm. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is nice water. I'm just, you know, cannonball. Here we go. I'd jump in, and I'd be freezing because the only part that's warm is, like, the first three inches of the water from that, that mm -hmm. solar cover. You know what I'm saying? So that... Those false readings, that that like algae and that scum and stuff that cut, could come up on to to give you those false readings. Is would you like, then do what I would do and try to get as flat as possible and get as much of your body in that warm layer? I would. Yeah, I, I hate the cold water. I'd be laying on a mat. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, that's uh, you know, that's that's kind of what I chalk up that false reading stuff too. Is that? definitely happens when there's a, you know, when you're in darker water and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it does definitely get, you know, too warm. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a fact that that's why this all came out. They've done studies, you know, the, mm -hmm. you know, when you're fishing in waters over 80 degree water temps, I mean, there's more fatality rate, but you know, are they, are they looking at, first of all, I, I don't know how they can do that, but do that study, uh, unless they're tagging these fish to watch, but, you know, did you catch them down deep? Did you catch them in that type of water tip? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, did you catch them with you know, live bait and they swallow? Like, catch one on the top water bait, I don't care if it's 80 degrees, that's where the fish is at, you know what I mean? I don't know. It, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of, but yeah, 
you definitely got to watch the water temps, but I think it just gets crazy that people bash other people for it, you know. I know there were some people on our lake that were, were, were fishing in, uh, you know, we're not musky fishing anymore. We're going to walleye fish. And they go out there and they downsize their lures and says, so we've got three walleyes and we pick up two muskies. Okay, so if it's warm to catch the muskies, you caught two of them. Would that fish suffer any less than if you were musky fishing? No, you still caught the fish. Yeah. Probably on a lighter tackle, probably fought it longer. So at that point, you shouldn't be fishing. If yeah, that concern. I was going to just not be fishing. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, catch a muskie and it's too warm. You should have cut your line immediately. Down. Yeah, right. It's going to be the same demise. <laughs> I think all fishing should shut down. Yeah. June, July, yeah. August, half of September. <laughs> Maybe even May, yeah. half of May. It gets crazy. Don't let it. That would be my advice to people. Don't let it get to you too much. But, yeah, I mean, use your own. Yeah, it does get warm. It can get warm. This is all new stuff. I mean, this is all new. I can honestly say, like, 15 years ago, never once did I ever hear or know anything about this. If you wanted to go musky fishing in August and you wanted to fish at Brain State Park or one of my local lakes, we just went. I don't know. Never heard of any of this stuff. Was it out there? Maybe. Uh, you know, I always got musky hunter. I didn't see much written about it or talked about it. Or, like I said, now once again, we're not fishing southern reservoirs. We're fishing northwestern Pennsylvania. It's a lot different than southern reservoirs. That's where the first time I really started hearing about this stuff was, you know, the guys quitting fishing at Cave Run in the middle of summer. But the same guys were also saying, yeah, you know, we get 88 and 89 degree surface temps, and the fish squat suspend, and you catch them. Okay, I can see a problem there. You know, catching them down deep over that if a water temp. That's the first time I ever heard about it. And it wasn't that long ago, you know. It's new stuff, but you got to keep, you know, I'm not saying you don't shun the new uh, thoughts and, you know, studies they've done. But, uh, but the, there's a widening gray area. There is, mm-hmm. So there's like stipulations, you know. You know, there's exceptions to these mm-hmm. to this data probably because mm-hmm. there's so many variables. There's so many variables, and you can't you can't take a uh, you know lake to lake, area to area. It's just how, so different. How you're fishing? And how, what are you catching them on? Hook depth, all that all stuff. All this stuff how, is based on theories. We just did our talk with Zach, and I thought about that a little bit when he was asking about the guy. Okay, so if they're hitting the short line, you short. I short. I keep them. Then I go faster. I don't even remember what he was, how he was saying. If, they, if they're hitting that outside line, I'll slow down and let it out further. There's no way to say whether you would have caught the fish if you had done that or if you didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some. You, 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 you can't. You can't. It's, it's theories. You can't come up with anything. So you catch another fish, yes. That it, was that the reason you caught the fish? If you were still going a half an hour, an hour faster, and he had 10 less feet of line out, would you still caught that fish? There's no way for us to ever know this. So a lot of this stuff is all theories. It's all guys. And some guys come up with stuff, and they do things. You know, obviously, we do things. A lot of people wish they knew what we were doing. 
we do it very simply. And I see people catching fish sometimes when I wish I knew what they were doing. Usually it's line length or something like that. You know what I mean? I go to Lake St. Clair. Sometimes I'm struggling and I see fish getting caught and not knowing. Then the next day we're catching them, you know, and maybe they aren't. But there's no way to relate and take facts from from any of this data that we can do in musky fishing because it's a bit. It makes it it makes it very simple. It's a small world too. I mean, yeah. Who's out there doing these studies? Sun up to sundown like this. I mean, right, there's right. barely any musky fishermen in the musky in in the fishing world. Right. You know. Now let's take it one step further. How can one strain of muskies thrive in one lake? but then suffer in another lake. You know how they, they'll mess around with different straight Great Lakes strains, Leech Lake strains, this and that. Is one better at heat than the others? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they've acclimated to that over yeah. the time. Right. You know, You know, would those be the fish, you know, that would maybe not grow as long? You know, would those giant fish be more sensitive to heat? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm theorizing on this and, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, you, you almost have to now break it down to subspecies of, in the musky world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and does size of fish matter? I don't know. I'm sure it does. does I mean, I think, I think the bigger ones are, <laughs> you know, they're fighting harder, longer. They're probably a lot more, uh. Fragile, you know, even the handling them, whether you pick them up with a fogger or pick them up by the gimbal, whether you pick them up from anything. I mean, the bigger ones, they're easier to handle, but you're putting more stress on them. You know, we've talked about that too. You know, you put a fish in the net. Everybody does a vertical hold. You can't take a picture of a vertical hold of a muskie, right? No, you're not. No, you can't. You're not allowed. You cannot put one. If you take one and put it on the computer, you might people as well just throw away your apart. computer. Show me how these people, the same people, I do it every time I catch one. You do a vertical hold to get the fish from the net into the boat. You have to. There is no you other way and around vi- and vice you're versa. sitting on the water and you can bear hug the fish and pick it up out of there, and I don't see people doing that. No, no but if you bear hug them, you're going to wipe the slime off. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm serious. Think about it. Within, you know, take a step back and, and look at it. You do a vertical hold to get it out of the net and pick it up into the boat. Albeit for, what, three seconds? Mm-hmm. If it flops a little, maybe four or five seconds. Then once again, it's hard to put them back in the water without doing a vertical hold. Mm-hmm. You know, I tend to, like, let go of the gill, grab them by the tail, slip my hand out from underneath, and sort of face put them down in the water, mm. you know. But that's not the way most guys do it. I try to push them off my body like I'm doing a push-up, so they land yeah. on their side perfectly flat. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> it's yeah, it, 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 it's frustrating, because I, I saw some, you know... I, you know, you see some videos. It's really cool to do the videos. We've talked about this before too, and it it, it is it, it does bug you because I mean it bugs me. It would be neat to do all those videos, but man, you 
anybody who catches a muskie is going to get ripped apart in a video because we've talked about it. Stuff happens. It's gruesome. You're cutting hooks out of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. You're cutting hooks out of gills. There's blood. What? There's a vertical hold to grab it. You know what I mean? And I, I'm like, that's why I don't play around the video as much. That's right. Stuff yeah. happens. Unless you sit there and edit them, which the big companies do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can see they do it because they, they do the same thing. I don't like the videos. I get little video clips sent to me from people, and it's great. And it's like, man, but that one, that five-second clip right there is not very good. And when I went to cut the hook and, you know, or, you know, the fish did a big flop and, you know, I didn't drop it, but I held on, but it was shaking its head back and forth. And I'm sitting there holding by the gill. We're on a boga. You know, and you see people like, oh, that poor fish. Yeah. Well, what the hell was I supposed to do? I know. That, the, the, other, the other day when I had that fish in the bag, I looked down. I was like, oh, I was like, oh boy. I was like, guys, don't watch this right now. Yeah. This, this is going to be gruesome. <laughs> Turn away. Uh-huh. Plug your ears. And then I, I did yeah. all the work on it, and I was like, okay, guys, go ahead. You know, here it is. Now we're good. Yeah. And I mean, it. That's musky fishing. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, that is musky fishing. You know, I, I have a confession to make, and, and this isn't musky fishing, this is sunfish fishing. <laughs> when I was a little boy, and I was in a little rowboat on this little lake behind my parents' house with my dad, and if I didn't get a quick hook set on my little bobber and worm, and the fish swallowed, you know, the blue. Oh, my dad wouldn't just bring a whole bunch of hooks with him. He would wrap the line around his hand, hold on to the sunfish, and just start pulling. Oh, my. And you would just hear... Yeah. And he just ripped the hook out of the fish, throw it over, and I'd look. I'm like, is it going to be okay? And it's like swimming in circles on the top flat. Yeah. And I'm like, no, well, something will eat it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But that's, that is bad for the fish's health when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's gruesome. Yeah, it's nasty. You know, fall takes the temperatures down. I had something new to complain about. I had temperatures, what was it? Saturday morning? Saturday morning, two days ago, we're in the mid-40s here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going to turn into those annoying days on the water when you got to dress for the winter and then you're stripping down. Oh, that's like the best days. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're in, you're in, uh, you know, sh- shorts and a t-shirt, and then for your final run of the day, you got to put your pants back on and your jacket because you're set. Up. You got the hunting clothes now. I do. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to. Vance roll. got a bunch of hunting clothes. I did. I'm ready. Ready for the cold, cold weather. So now you can keep them in your boat, and yeah. you can just seamlessly change as you need. That's right. Fashion show. That's right. I got lots of pictures of that board jacket that you got. Oh, me holding, me holding muskies in that thing. Really? Because I was thinking, oh, yeah. I, I was thinking of wearing that thing. Todd gave me this awesome Woolrich. I mean, it is just vintage, very my style. Awesome. And I was like, man, I'm gonna put this out on the. Uh, I'm gonna wear this out fishing. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna... I got lots of them. It's awesome. I'm gonna get a... it shrunk on me or something. I think I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that clothes tend to do that with me too. As you get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like thought it. it like in high school. It fit funny, but now it's like really tight. Vance can wear it. <laughs> That's funny. Vance is like the hand-me-down. Yeah, Kid. I'll take it. Whatever you got, send it my way. That's perfect. That's good stuff. But is fall's there... here. We're getting back out on the water. I'm, my my plan is to shoot another buck opening day of archery. That's my plan. It's coming up. Coming up, I'm going to be moving. I've only right. moved one other time in my life. I really, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the new studio. It's going to be great. Fall fishing, hunting is a really fun time. We, we, we tentatively have a really big hunt booked. All three of us. I'm really looking forward to that day. Me too. But the unfortunate yeah. thing is that day is pretty much wrapping up hunting season. Yeah. Let's go out with a bang. It'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, you know, hunting's here. I mean, I don't do hardly any of it like I used to, but this Saturday, or the, what, September 1st, whichever day it was, last week there. And to get that early goose season, I used to get into doing that. It was a ton of fun. Man, I could hear. I was up in the morning early with my daughter out playing with the, putting the fence up for the chickens. And, man, they were just blasting all over around my house here, out in the fields. And Yeah, it got, it got, me, got me starting to say hunting a little bit. <laughs> heard some hawkers, heard them flying over, saw some flying over. If we're going to the next field to get blasted at. <laughs> yeah. I had some people hunting doves at my property. Yeah. Dove season. Always the first. I used to do that all the time. They're delicious. They are so good. Mm. But they're fun. I mean, it's just a nice shoot. You know. I haven't done it in years. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. The hunting guys are ready to go. You know, the guys that are all into it. Fishing guys. They're ready to go too, especially the musky walleye guys, you know. And we're like ten good fishing come up. We're leaving for a tournament. Yeah. We got that coming Not up. just a tournament. A yeah. big one. Yeah. Madison yeah, Chain. We'll see. Whose boat? Mine. Pulling the Alumacraft. Mm-hmm. We're taking the Alumacraft this one. If we do well enough and we get to go to the invitational We'll see what the weather's calling for. We might have to take the Lund. Mid-October in Wisconsin or Minnesota. That's a haul. I like the windshield. It's a haul, but it would be nice to have a windshield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're going to go and give it a shot. Yes, we are. We got, like, like, like I said there at the beginning, man, uh, hoping to get... Nance and we can do a few more days. September is September is always nice, busy months for me. October is too. Sure, we'll be filled up then. October has openings. Anybody wanting to go? We're getting them. How do they get a hold of you, Todd? They'll get a hold of me by contacting me at through Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Are you on Facebook or anything? 
Yeah, we do some stuff on Facebook. I made a post. I'm making one about a month here recently. That's all I really want to do. I don't really, not really trying to promote a whole bunch, but, uh, you know, we got pretty much all that we can almost handle, so. Nice. So keep, that, keep that rolling, and we'll fill them, fill them up, get October in. Planning on fishing a little bit early November. We'll see what the weather does. Are there any uh, trolling baits that you like to use? Yeah, we've been catching uh, fish regularly now for oh, maybe five, six years, and that's when I first started using them. Getting quite a few on the bakers. No kidding. Yep. Tell me more about these bakers. Baker baits, yeah. You can get them through Team Rhino or through uh, getting a hold of Zach on Facebook. With uh, Zach Baker, or all about bakers. Makes a wide variety of lures. and uh, how, how are the paint? Stuff. Yeah, he makes some really nice paint jobs. I tend to use a lot of the simple ones, but... Uh, yeah. Some of them are real pretty. Some of them I do sit there and look at. Some of them I have hanging around that I don't put in the water. I think it happens with quite a few of his baits. <laughs> now, when you're casting, what kind of baits do you use casting on your trips? Well, <laughs> we pretty much stick with the AZ, musky, fat, I can't remember. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'd like and to it, know. It, I mean, where, where would I be able to find these AZ you fat? You find them through, uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's fatazmusky.com. Got some swim now, baits. Is that, that a website? They got a, they got a website, I believe. Yeah, I don't think it runs that often or works that often. The guy that takes care of it, he doesn't do much with it. But you know, I've heard that he's just no. a slather, a slug. <laughs> yeah, he is. And uh, no, we got some great rod holders. We just had a new pack made up. We have some back ordered, ready to get shipped out. And, yeah, people will really, uh, you know. If you use them for what we're using them for, uh, people really, people really like them. We got some big name guys out there using them, and I saw a couple posts here the other day of Pete Nana's boat. I saw them on there. I see Greg Thomas's boat. I see them on there. I see Tony's boat. They're on that boat. I see them all the time now on the computer. Like I think Andy does the same thing. You look at the picture, like, oh, check out that rod holder. I don't. When I see a picture of a fish, yeah. I, I, I like. I, I could care less if it was a seventy inch. I'm looking in the background to see what I can see. Well, those seventy nice. inches are funny. It's neat to see how many are out there. Yeah. And uh, when you're fishing, is there a fishing rod that you like? Yeah, we're we got mostly St. Croix on board. I'm still using some of the old, some of my old stuff. But yeah, mostly St. Croix rods. Had really good luck with them for, oh, you know, 20, 30 years. That's it. Yeah, that's the first one I ever got that wasn't a pistol grip. Was a St. Croix. <laughs> uh, one of those lifetime warranties. It was like black with red threads. I, I still have it. Awesome. Love it. It took three minutes, but I got Todd to walk through all the plugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, as you guys probably all heard, we've been all really busy. I'd like to try to, you know, maintain our one a week. It might not happen. It might go a couple weeks, and then we crank a couple out real fast. But things will settle down here in a couple months, and hopefully we'll have a better studio, better recording quality, and all that stuff. Yeah, we 
we, we busted right through last uh, year at this time, you know. Uh, there's just lots of, lots of changes going on here and lots of things. Plus, we've got Vance fishing one hell of a lot more than he did. Well, no, he's not. He's doing trips. I'm not fishing at all. Yeah. Oh, don't even, don't even talk about not even fishing at all. He's like me now, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a, yeah. So we're going to punch him out. It's hard to get the guests going. Uh, just because we, we never know what day we're going to be doing them, but we're, we're, we're going to keep punching them out for all you regular listeners. We really appreciate everybody listening. And by all means, man, support the support our companies that we're talking about. Give us a call. Uh, Definitely let Zach know you heard it on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Pick Go, up some yeah. bakers. I got lots of guys that, that uh, you know, got their first fish on the bait and say, how can I get that? And then, you know, mm-hmm. it was always like, I really don't know what to tell you there, you know? Yep. <laughs> it's hard to get a hold of them, but uh, Zach's getting more more involved and, and uh, hopefully we can we can keep it keep it rolling for him too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, good luck fishing.